You are listening to Engaging and Exciting Conversation on the Radiant Culture Podcast. Podcast. Get ready. Now. Welcome, everyone. You're listening to the Radiant Culture Podcast. My name is T-Mac. And I'm Cookie Monster. And we are out of our little shoebox studio today. <laughs> and we are at the Harare Christian... Oh, Harare. There you go. Harare. Uh, uh-huh. Christian Counseling Center, um, and we have a beautiful, a wonderful counselor here with us today who's made herself available. Say hi to everyone, Leanne. Hi, everyone. <laughs> she's nervous, guys. Tell her, let <laughs> her know that she's gonna do great. Yeah, I'm a little nervous too because, you know. This topic is one that's gonna hit close to home for everyone, I think. Because I'm not in my little studio. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> safe place (laughs) my safe place and of course the topic is quite a yeah it's quite a big topic and um, I guess you know a topic that a very sensitive topic that's that's for sure yeah Uh, so um, Leanne is going to be helping us dive into that topic Mm -hmm. so maybe uh, before we we actually get into it Leanne if you can just introduce yourself who you are what you do and what you're doing here today okay So my name is Leanne Johnson. I am a counsellor at the Christian Counselling Centre. I have been a counsellor for 11 years. I came to be a counsellor because I came for counselling. Oh, wow. Yeah. So I've been on the other side of the fence. Yeah. Um, So what do I do? I am a mum of four boys. So Mm -hmm. I'm very busy. I can imagine. Yes. (laughs) Um, you must be glad homeschooling is done <laughs> yes. for now. I'll share some of that just now with the grief. <laughs> um, yeah, so that's what I do. And I'm also the director of counseling here um, at the Harare Christian Counseling Center. So, yeah, I do feel called here. And I believe that we are doing God's work. Wow. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. So today we're talking about grief and loss. And... I think, you know, this is a topic that is very, very relevant right now uh, because, yeah, there's just a lot happening mm-hmm. and there's been a lot of loss. There's been a lot of grief. Uh, many people have lost loved ones, um, lost parents. Some people have lost their livelihood, income. I mean, there's just been so much mm-hmm. that is happening <clears throat> and some people are still going through stuff right now. You know, some people are not feeling well. They're dealing with all kinds of things. And I think, you know, we're just at a place in our world right now where there's so much pain around us. And, you know, we often don't know how to deal with it. We don't know how to process it all. And so, you know, we thought, you know, instead of trying to just have a conversation among ourselves, we actually (laughs) thought it would be great for us to have somebody who is dealing with this sort of thing on a day-to-day basis, somebody who's trained um, and somebody who's a Christian as well. So I think you know, Leanne is, is the right person to have for the show today. So, yeah. Um, so the topic of grief and loss, I think when you hear it initially, maybe if you haven't lost anyone to COVID or, well, in the past two years, which I think is unlikely, but maybe you haven't, or it's, it's not only just about losing a person. It can be you lost your job. It can be a lost opportunity. You're supposed to go to uni and now you can't or... You're a high schooler who should have been playing first team basketball and now you've been sitting at home for a year. Like everyone, just because you haven't lost a person doesn't mean you're not dealing with some sort of loss. And the Bible um, 
does sort of give us some pointers or it mentions verses which deal with loss. But I read, so I was reading Matthew 5 verse 4 Mm. and it said, blessed are those who mourn for they shall be comforted. Mm. And I just thought, how are you even supposed to comfort someone else right now when you yourself are already probably dealing with your own loss and your own grief? Like, where do we even start (laughs) with even comforting each other and being there for each other? Yeah, that's such a good question because, like you said, we are also grieving. Um, Someone said to me yesterday, we are in the same storm, Mm. but we're in different boats. Mm. So Mm. we're experiencing the same storm, but our boat is having different reactions to the storm, if that makes sense. So I think the first thing that we need to look at when we are helping somebody, I was going to say counseling, but helping somebody who is mourning the loss of something Mm. or someone, um, is to be practical. Mm. So um, it's, you know, the, the big thing to do is to ask, yeah. what do you need? Yeah. Um, what can I do for you? Yeah. So be practical, help them with chores. Like the rainy season's about to start, so maybe cutting their grass. Mm-hmm. They will tell you what they need. Yeah. So okay. it's, it's asking them, you know, what do you need? Mm-hmm. Another thing you can do to help people who are mourning is to make yourself available. So say things like, or message, say um, things like, um, I'm here if you need me, please call, you know, make, open your door to them mm-hmm. so they know they can come to you at any time. Mm-hmm. Um, another thing which a lot of people I think get a bit lost in this area is I have to say something to make them feel better. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And it doesn't work. It really doesn't work. You know, you can say lots of things, yeah. um, but they're still going to have to go through the grieving process, mm-hmm. whether we send, say, great things or not, you yeah. know. So allow for silence. Mm-hmm. That is really important. Allow for space, for silence. It's okay when no one's talking. Right. So allow for silence. Um, we call it holding space. Mm-hmm. So hold the space for them to express how they're feeling, for them to cry for them to do what they need to do to grieve. Mm. So, um, yeah, so holding space is is also um, something that we all find a bit tricky. Mm -hmm. Um, Another thing that you can do to help somebody who's mourning is keep tissues in your pocket, but don't hold tissues out Mm -hmm. because sometimes that's a sign to say, don't cry. And we want to cry. Mm -hmm. That is a good thing. Crying is an expression of our emotions. Um, which we'll talk about a little bit just now. Um, So keep a tissue at hand. And if you see them, you know, um, with lots of tears and they need one, and often they'll say, oh, I need a tissue. You've got one. Mm. So it's a good support. Um, But allow um, your friends or family or whoever to grieve how they need to grieve. Mm. So grief is, it's a... um, a difficult subject in that everyone grieves differently. Yes. There's no wrong or, or no right. right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's like your fingerprint. It's different to everybody else's mm-hmm. in the world. And mm-hmm. so is your grief. Mm. So I don't know if you would have heard there is a grief cycle, but everyone does it in their own way. Yeah. And or like some, even different order. It's not yeah. like linear for everybody. Exactly. Okay. Exactly. I'd actually like love to hear the grief cycle. I have got it. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> I'll get it for you. Oh, okay, so if you look on the net, mm-hmm. there are so many different grief cycles and they've just created a new one. Mm-hmm. Um, and so this is this, this is like a guideline. It's not, ex- you know, it's not exactly like I said, everyone is different. Yeah. Right. So, so we call it the grief cycle. 
um, and we call it the erratic cycle of grief because it is erratic. It mm-hmm. just, you know, you can shoot from one side to the next okay, yeah. um, as you go through grief. So um, I'll just read it to you. It says, the circle never closes. The bereaved is changed forever. Yeah. New depth of character, compassion, support to others, or withdrawn and bitter. Mm-hmm. So we have loss. So that's the initial loss. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So like we said, it doesn't have to be death mm-hmm. of someone. <clears throat> it can be the loss like my son he he made first team rugby Mm. and it was so exciting Mm. and his name was the first one called out in assembly and all the recognition and everything yeah and two weeks later we went into lockdown oh man that's the worst yeah and it was his last year of school that's the worst so such a big deal for them yeah it's a big deal big big loss eh? so anyway so you have the loss and then normally it's shock and denial so you go into shock uh, this is not real, um, or you numb, like some people say they're numb. Mm. And then anger can be can come into it. Then there's bargaining. You know, Lord, if I do this, please can you make them better? Mm. Lord, if I do that, please can you stop the lockdown? So there's bargaining yeah. that goes with it. And then there's despair and depre- de- despre- uh, depression. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, that comes with grief. And fear comes with grief. In fact, a lot of fear is grieving. Mm. So fear comes in, especially with COVID, what we're dealing Mm -hmm. with at the moment, so much uncertainty. Mm -hmm. So yeah, fear um, comes into it. So we have despair and depression. And then we have adjustment and acceptance. So, um, and that's when you come out and like it says at the top here, your life has changed forever. Forever. Yeah. Mm. So I I like, I like that you said that your life has changed forever, Mm. because that's often something that we don't really actively think about yeah. to say that when the, when you've had some of course it's, it's different for different people also depending on the situation but there are some losses where it's going to alter your life forever yeah you know and um i think that also then informs the way that we bring comfort and the yeah. way that we we try to help people because we, we've got to have that at the back of our minds that you know this this is never going to be the same if somebody loses their parent that's that's that it's done and that their life their life is never going to be the same yeah um then you you um raised a very interesting topic there which is one of emotion or expressing <laughs> expressing <Yes>. emotion <laughs> right i think that is that that is a very uh, well, because you know as as a guy and i'm saying this as a guy that <laughs> yes. i've just i've just found this to be a very um yeah it's just one of those tricky topics often I was having a conversation with some guys earlier today, actually, where we were just talking about why men struggle to express emotion, yes. um, even in church and stuff. Why is it that, you know, you can have a church service and there's like some really deep worship and you can have all the ladies there crying and yeah. then the guys are just trying to look cool. <laughs> and, um, you know, and I think it's a thing where I don't know if it's that as men, we are not taught how to express our emotions. I don't know if it's a thing of our biology maybe i don't know man it's just it's one of those things where i've had to actually actually ask myself that why why do i struggle to express my emotion sometimes why why is it such hard work so i'm, I'm sure i'm sure <laughs> that you know this is something that that you do and and, and of yeah. course you know you you might um help us with that expressing yeah okay i'm so glad you brought that up because that is a huge huge important topic with grief um, so I'm going to just go straight into your question, although there's so much to talk about. Mm. Um, so why is it hard to express, express emotion? So 
The thing with emotions, it's like our intelligence. You know, we have the IQ. Yeah. We also have the EQ. And a lot of us are trained that we don't actually know our emotions. We don't know. We don't know how to name them. We don't know what to do with them. We don't mm. even know we have them sometimes. Yeah. Um, so this is what, what, yeah, this is part of what we do here is help you to get it out. Mm. So an emotion that's buried. So if we suppress our emotions, we bury it alive and it lives and grows and festers and then it comes out in bad ways so bad you know bad health you sick mm-hmm. headaches tension whatever mm. um digestive problems there's lots of things outbursts because mm. you're carrying too much emotion mm. so i think um your question was um why do you uh, struggle to express the emotions or men particularly and i think that you can get taught um, that you should not show emotions, especially cowboys don't cry, be a man. Mm-hmm. You're expected to, you know, there's ex- expectations in, in the world and society. Um, so there's that. And also, we don't get taught how to express our emotions. So right. we get told that, you know, we're weak if we show emotion, which is not true, because Jesus himself was emotional. Mm-hmm. He showed lots of emotion. Yeah. Um, he was troubled, he was anguished, and he felt deep emotion. Mm. So, yeah. So, I think it's we get taught and there's expectations from us. that, And then, of course, we just don't know what we're feeling. No. So, yeah. Well, yeah, that's, that's, I'd never actually thought of that. Like, not being able to even describe how you're feeling, <laughs> let alone express it. Yeah. Um, yeah. does, is it helpful to be able to put a name to an emotion? Yeah. So what what we do is we have four groups of emotions. Mm-hmm. We have, uh, and each emotion is related to a certain goal that we have. Yeah. So like anger is related to a blocked goal. So if you're going through the grief cycle, or if you're grieving like we all are, yeah. um, you would know that you would have experienced some anger at some point. Mm-hmm. And for me, I've experienced anger during this COVID, especially during the last down I'll mm-hmm. explain to you just now what happened and um, I got angry I was <laughs> mad and um, shame my poor grade 7 son was we were had in lockdown and um, he was having online school mm-hmm. and I did not know what to do with the questions I mean the teacher was brilliant she was trying her hardest yeah. my son was trying his hardest and I was just so frustrated <laughs> so I had the choice (laughs) to either shout at my child Mm. or there was a set of drums nearby Mm. and I just clammed on these drums. Oh my word. (laughs) (laughs) That's a good expression. And um, so I had the choice. I could have shouted at my son, which would have been destructive. It would have hurt him. And Mm. that's not loving. We're called to love one another. So that's not loving. And it wasn't his fault. Mm. Or I could have hit the drums. And so I really had a a second of, what can I do? Yeah. And then I hit the drums. Mm. And yeah, so that is, that is one emotion. Anger. Thank God for the drums. Exactly. And they were in the right place at the right time. And if you ever want to do that and you don't have drums, get some pots out your kitchen and your wooden spoons. It's a good thing. I think I'm going to try this. So um, your question was about emotions. Mm. So yes, naming an emotion is very, very important. We have lists here at the counseling center of different emotions. Mm. And um, to name what we what is a great tool to get rid of an emotion or to express an emotion is to write it down. So the formula is I feel then you name the emotion. So I feel mad Mm. because we have got online schooling and I'm you know, it's not working. Yeah, yeah. 
So it's good to name the emotion um, and it helps to express it. And then you feel better and you cope better with life. Mm. So emotions are like a wooden door. They're not right or wrong. They're, they're, uh, it's just, yeah, yeah. they're just there and it depends what you do with them that makes them right or wrong. Mm. So you can slam the door or you can close the door gently. Mm. Yeah. One of the things that I've seen where Christians are, are concerned is that, you know, we, we often tend to over-spiritualize stuff, right? Mm-hmm. I guess also depending on the kind of church that you go to. But there's this tendency for us to, to feel like, you know, don't, don't be too emotional, you know, commit things to God, mm-hmm. pray, God will take care of things. Where there's almost this um, sense that when, you know, if, if I over-emote, I am lacking in faith somewhat. Okay. I think there's often that, 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 that feeling. So I'm just wondering, where, where does it, or rather, where, where's that balance to say, I'm a Christian, I'm believing God, I'm trusting God, mm-hmm. I'm trusting the Holy Spirit, mm-hmm. but I am also emotional. Yeah. Okay, maybe the best way to ask this is, are emotions <laughs> spiritual? <laughs> like, is, is, it, is it proper christian spiritual um behavior to have (laughs) emotions so my answer to you is (laughs) my answer to you is yes it is guys i i know this because i i know my people yeah yes Okay. okay so so um, there's two parts to that question, which we look at here at the counseling center, um, talking about emotions and being over-emotional. Mm-hmm. So there's four different ways of how you can handle an emotion. You can suppress it, which is bottling up. You can repress it, which is banishing it from your mind, yeah. but it comes out later. Yeah. Or it can overwhelm you. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, the last one is expressing, which is helpful and scriptural and what God wants you to do. Mm-hmm. Okay, so I would imagine you're talking about the overwhelming, where the emotion it just, just takes control. Right. Yeah. Okay, so that's not scriptural. So we, we, you know, what we want is God to be the head of you and not your emotions. Mm-hmm. But acknowledge your emotions and express them and use them according to what God has given them to you for. Does that make sense? Yeah. Hmm. And then I wanted to say that Jesus showed, like I said just now, he showed many, many emotions and he was a very emotional man. Mm -hmm. But he was always in control. Mm -hmm. He was always in control of his emotions and he expressed them well. Um, He showed anger. He showed compassion. He showed frustration. He showed longing. He showed rejection. Um, he showed sadness and anguish and sorrow, and, and that's just a few. And yeah, he was an emotional man. Yeah, I remember. I, I do. Like, when I read my Bible sometimes, I'm like, God, these disciples. <laughs> like, sometimes you can just tell Jesus was so frustrated with them. Like, guys, you still don't get it. Come yeah, on. yeah. <laughs> exactly. Um, okay. So, in terms of, um, like, right now with COVID, um, that verse I read earlier about blessed are those who mourn, how how can you view mourning as a blessing? Because I think that's really like challenging because you get to a space sometimes where you just want to feel sorry for yourself or you just, you don't have the tools or the know-how of how to 
to see the, to count it all joy or to just see the brighter side of what you're going through. Yeah. Yet the Bible is saying, blessed are those who mourn. And you're like, I'm not feeling particularly blessed. I'm yeah. feeling very much the opposite. So yeah. Yeah. how can we like turn that around and our thinking or our approach to the grief that we're going through? Okay. So um, I think that's also a really good um, question. Um, I think when we have loss or when we're mourning a loss, um, it teaches us to come closer to God. Mm -hmm. So it it teaches us to be dependent on Him. Um, So our relationship with Him deepens. Mm -hmm. And I think that is a blessing. Um, The other thing that about loss and grief is that when we grieve in Christ, we have hope. Mm-hmm. Um, because those people who have died in Christ, we will see again. Yeah. And so there is this eternal hope and this hope for eternal life, mm. which is a blessing. Mm. Um, I think also learning through pain, we see that God is faithful and we see that he is caring. So it grows us as a Christian. Yeah. Um, so I think that is a blessing. There's other things, but I think that is um, one of the main things. Yeah. yeah. If you do turn to God in your mind. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. then if you find other coping mechanisms, then it doesn't quite have the same effect on your relationship. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Which is actually something that I wanted to um, ask concerning coping mechanisms. That in your experience, what have been some of the coping mechanisms that people use to deal with um, with grief and mourning. Um, and then a follow-up to that would be, what are some healthy coping mechanisms mm. versus the unhealthy? The unhealthy. <laughs> okay. So, um, so the first things that I have experienced in my own life yeah. is control. Um, so I was struggling with um, panic disorder when I came in, yeah. um, and that has got a lot to do with control. So that is something that I went to because I had had lots of losses, and right. I was going to control. I was trying to control everything, mm. control all my children, control, control, and you can't. Yeah. And what happens in the end is I ended up being worse because I ended up panicking and having horrible panic attacks. So control, obviously alcoholism, you know, let's um, drink a beer or vodka, whatever it is, and that just numbs that pain. Mm. So then what happens, well, we all know what happens, you get sicker and sicker and then you become dependent on it. So (laughs) drugs, alcohol are um, things that people use, coping mechanisms, controlling, um, other coping mechanisms, busyness. I think mm. that's a big one. Mm. Mm-hmm. Keeping yourself too busy. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, people acceptance. Trying to please people is, is a coping mechanism. I need to feel loved. I need to feel accepted. That kind of thing, yeah. Um, I'm just thinking of, like like you mentioned, um, about the person um, in their last year of school or whatever, and they mm. make a team or whatever. Mm. You know, maybe they could then turn to coping mechanisms of people pleasing. Oh, I'm good enough. You know, because I got made the team, I lost that. So where else can I get that? Oh, yeah, yeah. Do you see what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. So there's lots, lots and lots. But people-pleasing is a very big one, and it's exhausting. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, Continue trying to people-please. And then, yeah, and then the drugs and the alcohol is big. Yeah. Um, And it's very readily available. Mm -hmm. So very scary. Would withdrawal be a coping mechanism? Yep, withdrawal is. So um, if you're finding that that's more like for rejection, so I will withdraw so there's no chance of me being rejected. So if I stay at home, I don't need to go out. I don't need to see anyone. 
then I can never be rejected. Mm. So it is also a coping mechanism. Mm. That or if it's use. like a, like let's say you lost an opportunity and you just don't want to see people because you're like, everyone's like, but aren't you supposed to be in the UK? Weren't you supposed to leave? And you're just tired of explaining it so many yeah. times. Like, no, as you can see, there's a lockdown. So yeah. I'm here. And like, you don't want to just yeah. keep telling the same story over and over. Like, no visa, man. The, the offices are closed. <laughs> like, yes, I'm supposed to be there, but I'm not clearly. <laughs> and I feel like there's even another one that I that I think is, is a big one um, mm. is the whole... <clears throat> I know it's big in our culture. Yeah. Um, it's the whole getting married thing, right? Yeah. Where... Um, Is it coping mechanism? No, 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 no. I'm, I'm talking about... <laughs> like, I'm talking about a source, a source of... That is a really, like, exit coping mechanism. A, a source of problems. Is <laughs> where is where No, man, come on. <laughs> okay, I'll let you finish your sentence. <laughs> where, you know, where sometimes you, you get those relatives or just people who are constantly asking... Okay, so when are you getting married? Listen, I've I've had people who've said to me, I don't come to church. They don't want to come to church anymore um, because they're constantly being asked by, you know, by people, mm-hmm. individuals, you know yourself, you know, <laughs> what's going on? You know, when is it going to happen? I'm just saying, so this is something that might not be in someone's control per se. Sure. And I feel like, um, I dare say this, that especially with ladies sometimes, it's a it's a big one mm. um and then I, I think that can even add to other anxieties and other pressures mm. that people have um and and stuff i don't know i said that but i just feel like it's, it's something that <laughs> well that i think happens. you mentioning that made me think of another thing that a lot of people have lost which is our sense of community because mm-hmm. we couldn't really gather together we couldn't attend church physically mm-hmm. for a long time so when you don't have that that you know that ability to just see people and just have casual conversation sometimes it can affect people yeah. differently and for that girl who's wanting to get married she's thinking oh my chances of finding someone yeah. have like been drastically cut <laughs> yeah i can't go anywhere i can't make myself you know be found <laughs> so she might actually be feeling legit anxiety like when am i going to get married this lockdown needs to end yeah yeah, yeah. Well, on online dating Oh, yeah, we had an episode on that. If you want to go listen to <laughs> that episode about looking for love online. <laughs> anyway, I, I want us to... You, you mentioned something about your your son. Yes. Um, and how he had this opportunity, how he had made the first team. Um, and then uh, this whole lockdown thing happened. Yeah. Um, I'm curious to know how did you deal with that and how, how did you manage to help him through that mm. okay so yeah. well i'll tag it onto your other question which was what are the healthy ways yeah. to oh, handle yeah. these yeah. things yeah. okay so well i'll just share with you from my own experience first and then sure. so um at first believe it or not being a counselor i didn't realize we were in grief mm-hmm. i was i was like you said trying to cope with my own at mm-hmm. the same time so yeah it was like Oh, hello, we're in grief now, we're Mm. grieving, you know, Mm. life has changed and we've lost lots of things. Um, So with with my son, I would ask him quite often, how are you feeling, what's happening and reflect back. So if you're needing to help somebody who is mourning or grieving, you listen, 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 so important. And then reflect back what they've said to you. So say it in other words or whatever, so Mm -hmm. they feel heard, it's really Mm -hmm. important. Um, Then he himself, 
um, like I said earlier, you have a choice. You can either be destructive choices or constructive, yeah. godly or mm-hmm. ungodly. Yeah. So he made the choice to keep training at home. Mm-hmm. And then he took all the little children at home and trained them as well. Mm-hmm. So these are little, yeah, we've got quite a few children on, on our home there. So, um, yeah, they had great fun, um, even though he was still grieving. Mm-hmm. Um, and then um, they never got to play a game and it was all over. Oh, and they no. were never, ever going to play a game. Yeah. And it's sad. It you know, is. feel the it sad. Is. It is. It's okay to feel the sad. Yeah. Um, and then he had a choice at the end of the, the year to either go um, on a houseboat where there was lots of drinking and whatever uh, going on for a, you know, A-level break, mm-hmm. or to join the Red Frogs. I don't know if you know oh, what the yeah, Red, Frogs. Red Frogs Yeah. Mm-hmm. And someone, anyway, <laughs> he chose to join the Red Frogs. I was very surprised because he's a very shy, quiet mm-hmm. child. Um, and he, uh, someone said, why did he join Red Frogs? I was like, I don't know. You know, being such a good mom, I don't know. <laughs> and he, he, I said to him, you know, why? And he said, because if I went the other way, it would have, I would have been, I would have hurt myself. That's mm. what he said. He said it would have been wrong and I would have hurt myself. So I chose to go this way. Mm. So at the end of the day, he actually chose the route that he was going to take, how to grieve and what to do with the emotions that he had. Mm. So that's how that happened. Right. Um, then you asked about how, how do you deal with it healthily? Mm-hmm. So there's lots of ways of dealing with your emotions. So there's art, which is brilliant. A lot of people, you'll be amazed how you can draw how you feel. Mm-hmm. Um, there's lots of people who've described grief. There's one where she said that um, she felt like she was in a dark room. There was no door, mm-hmm. no windows. It was just a closed, dark, cold room. Mm-hmm. And that's good. She was expressing how she felt. Yeah. Another person said the water, it was like a waterfall that just kept falling and falling and then landed in a whirlpool and just went round and round yeah. and round and round. Yeah. So, if you know, that, that's a good way. Express how you feel. So talk to someone. Really, yeah. really important. Um, acknowledge. Very important. I am grieving. This yeah. is where I'm at. And everyone's at different stages, you know. Yeah. Um, and it's okay. It's yeah. okay to grieve. Um, so acknowledge, talk to somebody, ha- write a journal if you need to, do the artwork if you're arty, um, music, drums, like I said, <laughs> great. Um, dancing to music, really good expression. Stand on the edge of your veranda, scream as loud as you can. It's not sinful, it's not hurting anyone, yeah. and it's just expressing what's yeah. inside. Yeah. So, yeah, those are some healthy ways. Exercise is good as well to mm-hmm. express an emotion. Yeah. So if you're <clears throat> with someone, well, I, I think we've acknowledged that everyone is going through some kind of loss. Yeah. But if you're with someone who's still stuck in that depression and despair phase yeah how can you like what can you do to help them out of it or do you just have to like ride it out for as long as it lasts yeah so grief is like it's like crossing a river so you want to get to the other side of the river but you have to go through the river to get there Mm -hmm. so um he your friend would have to need to get into the river so that's acknowledging I'm in the river. Mm-hmm. And then they'll get to the deep part where it's depression and despair. Mm-hmm. And this is where there's friends that can hold on to. So like I said earlier, make yourself available. No judgment, mm-hmm. no criticism, no demanding. You need to be out of this. Yeah. Um, unless we feel that there's a disorder mm-hmm. or it's suicidal, then yeah, yeah. let's yeah. you know get professional. <clears throat> but um, yeah, making yourself available. And then also there's tools like a boat, let's say, to cross the river or a flow 
floaty. What do you call those things? Those life-saving. Yeah. Whatever. Yeah, I know the ones. <laughs> or a life jacket or something. Yeah. yeah. So you still got to cross the river. You still got to feel those emotions and express them and get them out. Otherwise, they're going to be in you forever. Mm. Um, so he's still got to get across the river, but there are tools and things that he can use to help him swim across. And we are there to support, support networks, great, support groups, mm-hmm. great. Um, we, we used to have a, a grief um, group here. We called it Grief Recovery. And a lot of people who come find it very helpful because they realize they're not alone. Yeah. Right. And that's huge, huge yeah. confidence booster and help mm-hmm. as well. Um, and then like we spoke about earlier, you know, being practical um, and just being present. Very mm-hmm. important. Just being there. Yeah. So do you find that when someone has lost, now say we're now talking about having lost a person, is it advisable to bring it up or you should just wait for that person who's grieving to talk to you about it? I think if that was me, um, I think let the person lead the way. Mm -hmm. That's how I would handle it. Mm -hmm. Um, So if somebody came into the counseling center and they they wanted to, they came here for grief, I would talk about the person and I would use the name. Um, It's real. It's mm-hmm. happened. We can't <clears throat> pretend it hasn't happened. Right. Um, they were real. They were part of their life. Um, and yes, I would use their name and I would talk about them. Um, if you're going to skirt around the issue and deny it, it just makes it worse and it doesn't help the person face reality and deal with what they're dealing with. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I definitely use the name. But also, like I say, if it's a friend, so it's different to counseling. If it's a friend, you can let them lead the way yeah. as well. Because mm, I think that's one thing people struggle with, especially when it's a loss of someone in their life. You're yeah. like, should I just talk to them about other stuff so that their mind is off their loss? Or yeah. Yeah. should I actually ask them, how are you doing? Like, how is it at home now? Like, that person's room is empty. How does that make you feel? Like, you just don't know. Like, should I ask or should I just leave it until they want to say something? Yeah. I think we are afraid of what will happen yeah. if we, you know, bring up their name or... Mm. Um, yeah, we're scared maybe we're going to hurt them, but ac- yeah. the actual fact is they're hurting. Mm. Yeah. So, yeah, I think just, you know, act <coughs> normally. Yeah. Um, like if you have a dream about them, oh, I had a dream about so-and-so, mm. and this is what they were doing. And, but good, ask them, how are you doing? Mm. What can I do for you? What can yeah. I do to help you? Yeah. And, yeah. Okay. And then another thing I wanted to say is that if you are the one in the position where you are you've got a friend or somebody that you know who's going through grief um sometimes you want to help so i've i've seen people do this somebody will say hey um, like i remember when i lost my dad back in 2016 um i had some people who would say things like hey if you need anything let me know right yeah and so for me that was so weird because i'm like i i don't know what to do with that um, if I need anything, um, mm-hmm. please bring me some chicken slice. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I just yeah, I need some, I need some pizza. <laughs> so maybe w- what's a good way of letting somebody know that you are there for them, mm-hmm. but without putting it across in a way that kind of leaves them um, unable to really like you've given them more use work that. Yeah, you by you've, making exactly. it so open ended. It's, it's way too open-ended and you know you don't want to ask somebody for money yeah. because that's that's kind of strange as well, especially if it's somebody who if it's not like a close friend so i'm just saying what what's a good way 
to let somebody know that you're available and that mm-hmm. you're there to help them, but without necessarily saying it that way. That way. Yeah. <laughs> I, think, um, I think you need to know your own boundaries. Um, what can you help with and what can't you? Because you don't want to offer help that you can't give. Right. Um, and li- like if someone wanted money but you don't have any, you can't give it. But maybe I can come and see you tomorrow afternoon at 5 o'clock and do your washing or bring a meal or um, buy your groceries for you or go to the chemist and get medicine for you or something like that. Yeah. So I think it's important that you know what you can offer and what you can't. So, yeah, it's a good, a very good question. Mm-hmm. Um, and know where you are coming from because then it'll put pressure on both sides. Yeah. 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 Very yeah. So be specific. I, you know, I can come tomorrow afternoon. Would you like me to visit? That's good. Yeah. Um, I can get your groceries for you. What would you like? Do you want me to do it? They might not want you to do it. Mm. Um, so, yeah. So we don't want to be pushy, but we also want them to know this is what I can do for you. Would you like it or not? Yeah. I think that could help. Yeah, that would be. Yeah, not that's more good. Helpful. Then another <clears throat> another thing I wanted to ask um, is, you can have instances where um, somebody you can actually see that someone is really sort of getting into a depression sort of state where they're they're not really talking, they're very withdrawn. Um, how do you help someone like that? I I don't know if that falls under. <laughs> under under the umbrella of things that you deal with. But I'm just trying to, you know, I'm just wondering that I've also had um, instances like that where I can see that it's it's a friend or somebody that I know and they, they're not themselves. Yeah. And uh, they've gone through something, but they've, they've become very withdrawn. They don't want to talk. They, they just want to be by themselves. But you're also equally concerned mm. that if they remain in that state, mm. something, you know, something worse could happen. Mm. How best do you help someone like that okay so helping somebody who's stuck like in depression mm-hmm. and you think it's getting worse yeah something like that okay yeah and, and they're not coming forward they're not talking they're not answering yeah. your questions whatever i think i think if you come to them from your side so you, you know you always start the sentence with i am concerned i feel worried mm-hmm. that you know you're not coping mm-hmm. um what do you think about this um, there's always um, getting hold of professional helpers. So coming here to the counseling center, yeah. um, we often will have um, people who come in and say, my sister's not coping with life. She's depressed or she's suicidal or whatever it is. Um, and then uh, we can, you know, try and, uh, what we call it, we call it hooking them in to right. counseling. And once you've hooked somebody in, then, you, you know, you can start on the journey of healing. So it is a matter of um, where would you like to get to? You know, are, are you okay where you're at? Mm. How, how are you today? And, yeah. and listening extremely carefully because they might say, oh, I'm fine. And what is that telling you? Not you know, fine. they're saying I'm fine, but they're not. But they're you not can hear yeah. it, yeah. So tone of voice, very important. If you listen to their tone of voice, then you can comment on that and say, oh, so you said you're fine. Um, it sounds like in your voice that you're tired. Mm-hmm. And then, that, you know, it's starting to draw things out step by step by step. So little bits. Yeah. Okay, I like that. Yeah. Um, do you have like some maybe things that you shouldn't say? To someone like how he mentioned the the just open blank check of anything you need i can do <laughs> um i know it's probably not good to, to 
play down someone's grief. Like if you just said to your son, oh, well, it's just rugby. I mean, really, yeah. you can find another sport. Like, I don't know what you could have <laughs> said, but I think he just look at you like, it's not just rugby. Yeah. So are there things that you just should try away from saying to people who are grieving or going through the loss of something? Um, I think there is. I think that um, we need to be truthful and honest they're in a lot of pain mm. um and we can't say um oh everything's gonna be all right yeah. you know at that moment they don't feel that mm-hmm. um so i think um we can't say things that are not true yeah. at the moment mm-hmm. um you know god is with them and he will walk with them through right. the grief right so they will they will come out of it and their life would have changed forever and they'll be on a different path mm. Um, and they will be okay. But at that moment, I don't think they feel that. Yeah. So I think it's coming alongside where they are actually at and accepting that, mm-hmm. where they're at, and then walking alongside them. So basically, you walk the journey with them. Yeah. So um, silence is good. Yeah. Hugs are good. Yeah. I know it's COVID times. Yeah. Um, <laughs> oh, yeah. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> So, um, but like, yeah, be comfortable with silence. Yeah. It's good. It's yeah. just You'd your presence. You'd rather say nothing than say something that'll make things worse. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And then it's uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And I think we, as Christians, you, like that whole thing of wanting to put a positive spin, I think we say a lot of things that the person afterwards would just be like, did that person really think saying that to me was helpful? Yeah. Like when you <laughs> say things like, oh, you know. And- yeah. Let's say they lost their mom and you're just like, you know, it's just the Lord's will. And yeah, on some level, oh, yeah, you know, it's yeah. the Lord's will, but you're like, well, I don't really want to hear that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> or the Lord has given, he's taken yeah. away. There's all these Christianese <laughs> things that we say to each other. And you're like, no, don't say that yeah, right now. Yeah. Not right now. It's painful. And often, yeah. you know, people are cross with God yeah. because somebody their love has died. Yeah. And it's okay, you know. God loves you and he wants to know how you're feeling. Mm. So, yeah, they might be nervous to say, I'm cross with God. Yeah, yeah. exactly. So at least they still believe in God. Mm-hmm. And they still, mm-hmm. Exactly. You know, yeah. And I, and I think refraining from preaching as well, because we tend to get preachy sometimes. Where you it's because we don't know what to say. Yeah. Where you just feel like <laughs> you have to say just something, you have to quote a scripture. Mm. Uh, and I love, I love what Leanne is saying, because we, we don't always have to have a scripture handy. You know, sometimes it's just those small things yeah. that communicate the love of God, but, you know, but not necessarily like scripture bashing or something. Yeah. So something that I've been thinking about is that Zimbabwe generally is, you know, we're, we're a very interesting society. Um, and I'll, I'll speak as, as a black Zimbabwean. Yeah. You know, that we, we have our own ways of dealing with things, especially in the Shona culture and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and I and I think it's probably different from from your culture yeah. in some ways. Yeah. But but what I want to know is, you know, if we're coming from <clears throat> cultures where, you know, often grief is not really expressed, or where in some instances grief, you know, grieving is viewed as a sign of weakness or something like that. How how can we, as Christians? Number one, mm-hmm. grieve properly, mm-hmm. and <laughs> and secondly, how how can we um, really, especially church folk, yeah. you know, how how can we make church um, a place where people can really grieve, yeah. 
um, in, a, in a community that is loving God, that is loving, but that also understands the realities that people are dealing with. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So the first question was, how can we grieve properly yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> okay as christians when you say like you're speaking from your culture you know you're not allowed to show emotion or it's not considered good i suppose mm-hmm. um to show emotion okay so i think the best thing we can do is look at jesus mm-hmm. and how he expressed himself and how he grieved and how he showed his emotion and how he you know what he did and what he said and yeah so following jesus's example right and and he expressed he showed he spoke he prayed mm-hmm. he you know he was relational very um so i think it's following his example expressing what's inside yeah. um i think we have to put him above culture mm-hmm. which is hard because culture is like ingrained in us you know mm-hmm. um but i think we have to say well this is what jesus did this is what jesus said this is how he what he did with his emotions that's good so i think yeah i think it's following what jesus did um above your culture if i'm allowed to say that mm-hmm. um and then your second question was my second question was how how do we Churches. yeah in church in church so i think um as christians mm-hmm. we we need to accept people for who they are mm-hmm. so that's exactly what jesus does you know come to me he doesn't say come to me only if you clean and no sin he says come sin and mm-hmm. all Mm. Come to me. Come to me if your hair is messy and you didn't feel like waking up this morning. Mm-hmm. Come, we're getting out of bed. Come to me if your house is a mess and and you, you know, I don't know, have didn't go to work yesterday because you were depressed. Mm. Or come to me because you you broke your cell phone and threw it on the floor because you were mm. angry. Mm-hmm. Come to me. Let's talk about it. Let's mm. work through this. Mm. So I think the church has to be like God with wide open arms and mm. saying we accept you, we love you. Let's work through this together. Yeah. Um, that's where I, I think the church can help, yeah. is accepting you for where you're at. Mm. Um, and then, of course, there's lots of teaching that needs to come with that. Listening, understanding, um, taking time, um, letting the person, uh, giving them, you know, allowing them to express themselves, allowing them to, to say what's inside. Because mm. grief is what is inside, trying to make sense of what's outside. Yeah. Right. So... Yeah, I think the church um, can is a huge uh, place mm-hmm. where it can be a safe place mm-hmm. for people to be real. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, yeah. I think anyone listening to this will probably leave at least with one or two things that they can go and practically apply to their lives, whether they're the ones grieving or they know someone who's grieving. Um, but just in closing, I was: Would you be able to give us? the details or should we get that afterwards of where people can come to you if they want counseling sure from you guys. so um or how they find you is it online do they have to call is there a number okay yeah. so how it works yes we've got cell phone numbers which i don't know off my heart <laughs> okay and you can always plug <laughs> it in, <laughs> the end. Okay. Yeah. um so what happens is um you will phone in and you'll speak to the lady who works at the front desk who's abby mm-hmm. um and then you'll come in and we'll fill out some you fill out some forms because what we like to do is make sure we get the right counselor to 
the right issue. So if you're going to come in for grief, we want to get somebody who's experienced with grief. If you come in for marriage issues, we want to get someone who um, counsels with marriage. Mm -hmm. So that kind of thing. We have Mm -hmm. child and teen counselors as well. Yeah. So and grief and children's different, by the way. Mm. Yeah. Anyway, that's another whole topic. (laughs) Um, And yeah. And so you you come in, fill out the forms, then we'll find a counselor who will suit your times and suit their times. And then you start with them. Um, and you start your journey of healing with them. Um, and that's how we do it, yeah. Okay, cool. Is it, can, does it have to be done physically, or can people fill it in, like email it to you guys? Good question. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, we can email it to you. We also offer online counseling. Oh, great. So, right. yeah, we do WhatsApp video or whatever works um, for the counselor and the counsellee. Oh, we do, um, yeah, online counselling as well. Okay, cool. So everyone listening will have all those details up on the website and probably on our Facebook page. If you do find that you need extra help or you're stuck somewhere in that grief cycle that we talked about, definitely don't just try and thug it out by yourself. Like Leanne said earlier, asking for help is a sign of strength. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it is. Yeah, and I I love this. I love the fact that, you know, this is a topic that, you know, people often, I mean, this is something that everybody almost everywhere right now is going through in some way, shape or form. Um, and let's not be afraid to ask for help. Let's not, yeah, let, let's not suffer alone. And equally, if we don't know how to help mm-hmm. those that are going through stuff, let's not try to be ninjas. Because <laughs> <laughs> the, real, the, the real ninjas are here. <laughs> no, but yeah, so thank you so much, Leanne. And um, to our listeners, I really hope, you know, this has been helpful episode because I, I I know that people are going through so much mm-hmm. right now. People are going through so much, but God loves us. God has given us the tools and I, I believe that um, there is a way to, to help each other as we deal with all these things. So yeah. Amen. Thank you. And with that... Say peace. Peace. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of the Radiant Culture Podcast. If you want to make a contribution, make a suggestion, or have a request, you can get in touch with us via email on radiantatthehub.co.zw or inbox us on Facebook and Twitter. Look out for the next episode and remember to share this one with everybody you know. God bless. It's hot, it's fresh, it's uncut. Hashtag Real Talk on the Radiant Culture Podcast.